Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to a special two-part episode of Service, Stories of Hunger and War, a production from iHeartRadio and me, your host, food writer and veteran family member, Jacqueline Raposo. As Churchill said, never has so much been owned by so many to so few. And so I decided in 43, I wanted to fly. I elected to take the GI Bill. I was going to go to college and I was going to set the world on fire. This season on service, we've been following World War II veterans as they traverse land and sea, finding sustenance and feeding others along the way. Thanksgiving, I was on KP. The sergeant says, let's do something special. GI cigarette. No, little kids like that. Cigarette papa. With fewer than 400,000 veterans of this era left, making space for these conversations is more important now than ever. I was going to go to one school. That's D-Day Army veteran John Bistricka. And the history teacher, he didn't want to hear about it. That hurt me pretty bad. Every single one of us owes a huge debt of gratitude to these greatest generation veterans. So let's slow down and explore a little of the history behind why some of them have or have not talked about their service until recently. And then, we'll hear from younger veterans and volunteers creating communities that keep conversations rolling. Everybody's standing up now. The boys are on the way. Can you hear the music of the band? Here they come! Hear that too? Up, come home! This is a 1945 clip from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation show, Welcome Home. There they come, folks. This is a marvelous thing. Listen to those people yell. Gosh, I can't help yelling myself. Hooray! We've dubbed World War II the last good war. There were clear good guys, the Allies, and bad guys, the Axis. Triumphant, we haven't had a world war since. Returning veterans like New York Yankees catcher Yogi Berra, actor Jimmy Stewart, and director Mel Brooks contributed to a cheery post-war Tinseltown. The newly minted GI Bill helped millions embrace their future at colleges and in starter homes, and the economy flourished. 
soon followed a record number of marriages and the notorious baby boom. But then, there were the lesser-spoken-of realities. It will seem odd when, at some given hour, the shooting stops and everything changes again. It will be odd to drive down an unknown road without that little knot of fear in your stomach. Odd not to listen with animal-like alertness for the meaning of every distant sound. Odd to have your spirit released from the perpetual weight that is compounded of fear and death and dirt and anguish. We have won this war That's Bob Hope reading a letter from beloved war journalist Ernie Pyle, known for capturing frontline humanity in an almost folk style before he was killed by Japanese machine gun fire less than five months before World War II ended. This last good war was also the deadliest in human history, causing seven times more casualties than U.S. troops would later meet in the horrors of Vietnam. These veterans came home to start new businesses and raise a prosperous generation. But they also had to digest and make sense of what they had faced while deployed. Our Air Corps veteran Harold Bud Long returned to upstate New York with memories of breaking down concentration camp gates. We had K-rations with us. We started breaking open, and the medics come and said, don't, no, 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 you'll kill them. If they ate too much at once, their stomachs would swell up. Give them a little bit of time. Coast Guard veteran Frank DeVita remembers so many details of Omaha Beach on D-Day. From their having overfed the troops that morning. About 2 o'clock, we started feeding them eggs, sauces, pancakes, ice cream, everything that you could think of. It was the worst thing we could have done. We overfed them. To his last thoughts before sleeping that night. I sat down on the cold deck. And I said to myself, what the hell just happened here? And why am I alive? Interviewing Frank in his quiet New Jersey home, it seemed like he must have told these stories over and over during the years to keep them so vibrant at 94. I asked him point blank if he had. For 70 years, I couldn't talk about what I'm telling you. I couldn't talk about it at that time. I didn't want to bring the war home to my family. I suffered through it. Why should they have to suffer through it? My dad, he was in the Army first of all. He would ask me questions. I said, Dad, I can't talk about it. My grandfather, Pat D'Ambrosio, rarely talked about his time serving in the war either. I surmised his silence was mostly out of gratitude and a humble guilt for his not having seen combat. Repeating this question to other veterans, we start to understand why one would feel so indebted to such fellows. Killing a human being is not a natural thing. The human body, you don't consider it like an animal or an object, but we had to think that way. Lawson Ichiro Sakai survived months of heavy combat as one of the Army's 442nd Regimental Combat Team. The Nisei Japanese-American troops infamous both for their honorable service records and catastrophic casualty count. Some men broke down in the heat of battle, bodies flying all over. You have to put it out of your mind because if you think about it, your mind can't handle that. In prior wars, huge regiments of men would fight together in short bursts of small arm skirmishes. There was camaraderie, and then there was rest. World War II veterans faced a new kind of warfare. With the introduction of better planes and huge field weapons, smaller units could now be dispersed for weeks at a time. They'd fight the enemy, cut off from support systems like food and medical attention. 
and sometimes not be given even 48 hours to rest before being thrust back into battle. As such, where it had been presumed that mental breakdowns during combat were caused by unrelated mental weakness, hospitals soon filled with those suffering from battle fatigue. It wasn't until 1980, 35 years after the end of this war and after these veterans had quieted so to support their children through Vietnam, that battle fatigue was renamed with the diagnostic term we recognize today. That's what PTSD is all about. When we were discharged in 1945, the military told us, you're a civilian now, take off your uniform and just get out of here. There was no mention of your mental status, particularly us. Being in the infantry, everyone was filled with PTSD. We're now societally aware of the dangers of PTSD not being taken seriously by medical professionals or communities. But post-war, newspapers were just as likely to joke about what they called war neuroses as they were to report on the lives of disabled veterans. Controversial syndicated columnist Henry McLemore once jested, if I am late for dinner, I can blame it on battle fatigue. This casual dismissal is one of the reasons why our most affected veterans often stay quiet. You could talk to a thousand veterans who were in combat, and they'll tell you, I never talked about the war. Did you talk? about your experiences with your family? <laughs> no, of course not. I just tried to block out everything. The things that happen in combat, just unspeakable, unthinkable, and unprintable. And those things you shouldn't be mentioning to anybody else. PTSD rates for World War II combat veterans have proved comparable to those who returned from Vietnam. Yet, treatment has come far too late in the game for many. What did most of those veterans do in the meantime? The only cure that we could manufacture ourselves was to drink alcohol, and you drank until you passed out. At least you had some relief while you're unconscious. Slower in development than the successful 1944 GI Bill were the development of rehabilitation centers for those suffering from battle fatigue or alcoholism. In 1941, Alcoholics Anonymous had 2,000 members. By 1946, one report shows that number had jumped to 750,000. Today, 1.2 million members meet nationwide. Community and conversation have proved invaluable tools for long-term healing. Getting the conversation started is often the challenge. For Frank, the anniversary of D-Day and our renewed attention to these veterans led to an invitation to speak on a national stage. It took me 70 years, and only because of Tom Brokaw, he opened the floodgates for me. Is it helping you to talk about it, though? Now it does, yeah. In what way? I had a monkey on my shoulder. Now the monkey's off the shoulder. Once I started talking, then I wanted to talk about the war because I wanted to bring some of these kids into what I went through. When we come back, we'll hear how a unique community war memorial brought veterans and their families together shifting the conversation entirely. You're listening to Service, stories of hunger and war from iHeartRadio. Stay with us. (laughs) 
Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. You're listening to Service, stories of hunger and war from iHeartRadio. I'm Jacqueline Raposo. If it's hard for us to start conversations with our veterans, it's a bit surreal to listen as they laugh through some of the most intense moments. In his episode, Harold Budlong flies us from D-Day through Central Europe with his buddy Dewey by his side. Here he is again, reflecting on just how wild that ride was. How do you get your sense of humor about all of this? Because you tell these crazy stories, but you yeah. tell them you know, <laughs> laughing. Yeah. A year or two after, Julie come home and got married, go up there fishing for a week. And the first night we get up there, we sat there talking, laughing, tears running on. Stuff that happened to us at that time was scary. Remember the time we heard a racket down the hangar? I said, yeah. He said, he went down and kicked the door in, and it was about 100 Germans in there. But they had already threw their rifles down and all wanted to give up. <laughs> we take them back to the major. He says, what are we going to do with them? <laughs> As we heard loss in detail, most veterans face challenges upon returning to civilian life that the overwhelmed VA can't always address. With intimate and individualized approaches, countless local organizations work to bring veterans out into their communities. To sit with Bud for his episode, we drove far upstate to Livingston County, New York, a rural community almost at our border with Canada, where the creation of a unique veterans monument is doing just that. We don't usually gain this kind of traction. I think we've had nearly 200 people come together just for hot dogs and soda around this program. This is Jason Skinner, Army veteran of the Iraq War and director of veteran services for Livingston County. 
Jason invited us to interview Bud on a day when they were working on their memorial. It's a collaboration between the county and the Genesee Valley Educational Partnership Career and Tech Center, headed up by Metal Trades instructor Oli Olson. Jason Skinner asked me about doing something. Uh, he had shown me an illustration in London. There's some poppies coming down off the castle wall, and it's very impressive. On my desk, I had a small American flag. So that was the driving force for creating the poppies, but to have it in the shape of the American flag. So the red stripes will be the poppies, and then the white stripes will be the concrete. The National American Legion adopted the poppy as the symbol of remembrance for fallen soldiers in 1920. Inspired by Canadian World War I Lieutenant Colonel Surgeon John McRae's poem, In Flanders Field. In Flanders Field, the poppies blow, between the crosses, row on row, McRae wrote. Each metal Livingston County poppy is two feet wide, painted red, and fused atop a green iron stem of varying height, connected to the ground by bearings so that they'll sway when the wind blows. When completed this spring, the flag will cover 195 by 85 feet. White concrete flag stripes between them make handicapped accessible rows perfect for wandering and quiet contemplation. It's a monument designed to inspire awe. But the process has been just as important as the product. When I first presented the idea, I said, I'll do this project, but with this stipulation... I want veterans coming into the school being shown how to use the equipment and create their own poppies. I could have done 100 poppies, but it's not about me. The significance should be them being recognized for their service, and so this does that. Every poppy is designed, traced, cut, molded, welded, and painted by the individual. A dog tag on each identifies their name, dates of service, and any other information deemed particularly significant. Then, a unique totem welded into the center or on a pedal adds a personal touch. Oli made one for his father, a veteran of the Canadian Air Force. So his poppy is a maple leaf. There's all sorts of really unique centers in them, stars. One, his uncle was a pilot, and then he put an airplane. There's one with a VFW and one with an American Legion emblem. I've built five poppies, one for a friend and the rest are all family members, three of which were World War II veterans. That's Rory Benkelman teacher's aide at the Mount Morris BOCI Center in the Metal Trades Program. He's assisting Oli with the monument. I'm also a veteran of the United States Air Force and New York Air National Guard. You know, we're slowly losing family members. We're slowly losing our World War II vets and Vietnam vets. I'm proud to say I'm a veteran and associate with the organizations as one of them. They emphasize self-generating veteran involvement has been the incidental key to their monument success. There were veterans that were coming from other counties. I'm here to make a poppy. I'd get hooked up with their PPE gear, and as soon as we got in the shop, other veterans that had been coming regularly, they could see that there was a deer in the headlights. they just go, let me help you. This is where we start, and then we go from one step to the next. Veterans helping other veterans to create this monument. And I wasn't doing it. The finish is going to look great, but really that was the most impressive part of this whole project. Creating a poppy gets the veteran or family member in the door. But the greater service is they're inviting veterans into a space where people want to listen. There were some nights that we had over 40 veterans, which was almost too much because we're limited with the equipment and space. But they all worked together and, and they shared equipment, they shared their time, they shared their stories. Then they came back. Psychologists are recognizing the power of narrative storytelling to help veterans acclimate back into civilian life and heal from combat conflict. 
Over months and years of military brigade training, the veteran's brain has become wired to move through the world in a specific way, to follow orders and to make order of high-stress scenarios. The therapeutic narrative approach helps to reverse that wiring. By sharing a story aloud, we first take control of the story, choosing to narrate with horror or, as Bud does, with humor. We can paint ourselves as the victim or the hero. It's been kind of all generations, and there's always a story behind each one of these poppies. The vets get to tell their story to other veterans. It's been a very unique and and healing experience for some of these guys. It kind of brings them together and makes them more resilient as a bunch of veterans together. With time, intention, and insight from new perspectives, the veteran can choose to mold that narrative until a story no longer has any power over them over their physical reaction to past experiences, or current triggers. You can't talk to strangers or family about that. They wouldn't understand. This seemingly unbreachable gap is often felt by veterans' loved ones as well. We want to help but don't know how. Rather than forcing conversation, creating a poppy becomes a gateway for a shared experience, a space for the veteran to talk and the loved one to simply offer compassion. Another young man that was 91 years old, his daughter came and said, I want to make a poppy for my dad, but he's a little frail. So she's created this poppy, and springtime had come around here, and she goes, do you mind if one day I just drive him back here to show him the poppy? So overhead doors are open to the shop, and I see this car pull up. She steps out, opens the door for her dad, tall man, 6'4", maybe 6'5". So his daughter says, Dad, I made this poppy for you. And he starts crying good friend of his, Porter, was here in the shop working on his poppy. They were lifelong friends. They grew up in the same town. They were in the same service. And he looks up, goes over, and gives him a big hug. He says, it's okay. I did the same thing. Because his daughter started one, and he goes, I can do that. It was a father and daughter making this poppy. Some of the stories were like that. What started as a goal of 100 poppies blossomed to 250 by the time we left them in September. Bud is their oldest veteran at 98. Their youngest participant is four. Without wanting to detail specifics, they relayed how one younger veteran had remained so reclusive since returning home, loved ones had been worried about him. The project has gotten him returning to the group over and over again. Such accessible spaces invite veterans to come together and share their service stories and the lives they're newly carving. They bring coffee and donuts. Or, this being farm country, the varying kinds of garlic they're currently growing. We left with several heads in our pockets, maple syrup, and local restaurant referrals mapped out. Unless such spaces are created, the sacrifices that still burden many of them will remain trapped where they've remained for our World War II veterans in the past, largely speaking, at the bar or AA meetings. I'm a Iraq War vet, and my period in time in service has been very well respected people thank me for my service. And it always felt kind of weird. Until you look at it in the perspective of the job I hold now, I get to pay tribute to those people that served in Vietnam and various earlier conflicts that weren't either recognized or were not appreciated for their service. And it's because of their service and how our country feels about my service now and what they had to go through to ensure that no other generation of veteran would be that disrespected. In their memorial, The Livingston County team reminds all of us that we have a choice. A choice to serve our country, to serve each other, and to serve the best version of our future selves. 
when they walk into this, now it's not a field of poppies, but it is, and they're standing there, not just to see this, but to realize the love that went into the project. The veterans or loved ones of veterans created this monument. It's a service of our country that they chose to do it. Every one of these poppies has a story, and that's what I would like people to know. The commemoration of our veterans in recent times has been great, but has been long overdue for a long period of time. I believe the recognition because everybody has their freedoms because of what everybody else has given in the past. In the second part of this episode, we'll hear how Honor Flight Columbus opened the conversation for our Navy veteran, William Walker, and then about a veteran food pantry bringing veterans across generations to the table. Until then, you can learn more about this episode on our Instagram and Facebook. We are at Service Podcast and at servicepodcast.org, where you can also send a message to any of the veterans you're hearing from this season. Don't forget to subscribe to Service on your favorite podcasting platform, and thanks for dropping a review while you're there. Service is a production of iHeartRadio. This episode was produced and edited by me, Jacqueline Raposo. Misty Bodiger was the associate producer for this episode. Kobe McDonald and Andrew Stesler engineered our interviews with Lawson, Elizabeth Emery with William, and Junie Ramekin with John. Our supervising producer is Gabrielle Collins, our executive producer, Christopher Hasiotis. Thank you for listening, and thank you to those serving and those who have served. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.